Deidre, I invite you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4 this morning. We've been journeying over the last three, this is the fourth week, um, and hitting some of the high points of this letter to the five churches that are in Asia Minor. Among those, they were to be read aloud to each other, passed on, and shared. And it's quite a challenge that Peter gives us throughout this time. Um, as we read this letter, though, it becomes very plain, very clear that Peter was a very direct man. We, we often know as we read the Gospels that he, he tended to, to speak first, to speak loudly, to, to proclaim, and we see that all the way into Pentecost and then afterwards with his letters um, and in the book of Acts. Well, he didn't pull punches. He, he was a man uh, that held to what he, he believed, and we, we've seen this and if you read the letter uh, from beginning to end, and I encourage you to continue to do so, uh, you will find over and over and over again that he believes and he states very clearly that this world is not our own. It's not our home. Um, that we are called specifically to be set apart as believers, to be holy because God is holy. And as a result... We're going to be different. There, there's a very reality of that. We're going to stand out from the culture around us. And that difference should affect every aspect of our lives. That today I want us to understand though, and I want to bring you what I believe is possibly the most encouraging message you didn't want to hear. Um, so we, as we begin this morning, I, I want to begin by stating a few things that Jesus did not promise us. Jesus did not promise that everyone would be okay, that everything would be all right. Jesus never promised that it would never rain on our vacations. He never promised vacations. Jesus never promised that you would not get your heart broken in relationships. And he definitely never promised that your plumbing would never back up. But the one thing, one of the main things he did promise us, that if we are a faithful follower of him, that if we live a life set apart that is different, and we do his will, he promised us, well, that the world would hate us and persecute us at times. So if that's the promise, then we know that we need to have a different perspective in how we face persecution in times of trial in this life. This isn't just stuff of, well, back then, talking about Peter and, and those. In fact, many would argue if, if you do the research that persecution is at its worst level ever. Around the world, many statistics in the last decade Will, will represent that the wor this has been the worst decade in the history of Christianity for persecution around the world. I mean, it's staggering. In an average month, over 300 Christians are killed for following Christ. In an average 30-day period, close to uh, 800 followers of Christ will be beaten, tortured, raped, or imprisoned 
for following their faith. In an average month, over 200 churches will be burned or completely destroyed. So, so wherever you live around the world, the, the pendulum can swing. And we have been blessed and are blessed to live in this country where we don't face that kind of level of persecution. But don't be surprised when it does. John 15 says, Jesus, quotes Jesus for saying, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as if it's one of its own if you belong to it, but you were no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. So, so as we dive into 1 Peter with that understanding and that, that notice, 1 Peter 4.12 says this, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the very fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. So, so Peter, writing to uh, these churches, remember, they are hurting, they're persecuted, they're being sought out by Nero, uh, all these nasty things are happening to them. And he's saying, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. If you're living boldly for Christ, if you're claiming him to be Lord and King of Kings, don't be shocked that there's going to be criticism. Don't be shocked if, you're, if you face ridicule or opposition because we have a spiritual enemy who takes notice when we engage our calling of God. And as a result, we will face opposition. You're living a different way. You're going against the things of this world. Don't be surprised when you face some pressing against you. And Peter says the most encouraging message you don't want to hear. Verse 13, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. It doesn't take much to realize that, that this is not a normal human response, but we've stated over and over again, normal is not working, that we are called to be different. So be thankful when you face persecution for your faith. Why? Because we are partners with Christ. And yet many of our world, and especially in our our, our country will say, well, I've never experienced anything like that. Have you ever wondered why? Think about it. There, there are really two cycles, and I would encourage you to think about which one best represents your life. The first one looks like this, and it goes by the mode of, above all else, pursue comfort. He who has the most toys wins. Try to fit in wherever you are. Just do whatever it takes to be happy. And when we pursue comfort, then that focuses and forces us in many ways to avoid persecution and opposition. Now, I don't want to upset anybody. I don't want to make anybody mad. I just, I just want to get along and I want to have a good day. So what happens is when we have that attitude, we, we start avoiding the pushback, the opposition. Uh, our t faith tends to weaken as a result because we're not standing up for anything. 
We're not passionate about much. In our faith, for some reason, well, we just don't feel close to Christ. And then we wake up one day and we feel empty. And so we wonder ourselves, well, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something that's going to satisfy. And so we start to do things. We start to pursue more comfort. And maybe, maybe we find that one thing where, that we think is going to satisfy it. And, and with just that one thing or that place or that many likes on our, our social posts and that relationship, whatever it is, we hope that that just will fill the void. I pursue comfort. I, I I avoid the difficult things, and then I wonder, why don't I feel close to Christ? I need to have something else, and there must be something that's going to make me happy, and, and the cycle continues, and the thing is, it's never satisfying, never fully satisfied. But there's another way, and we've been talking about it for three weeks. Let me warn you, it requires being different. It requires not necessarily fitting in. And the only way you will really live like this is when you recognize and fully come to grips with the reality that you are a foreigner in this world. You're a stranger, a pilgrim, a sojourner. You're passing through. You represent a heavenly kingdom. And you serve a king that's not from this world. And his standards are very different. He teaches you to love when other people say to hate. He teaches you to give when, when other people take advantage of you. He teaches you to turn the other cheek. He teaches you that if they ask you for your shirt, give them your jacket too. I mean, his, his, his discipleship, his teachings are radical. And it's a cycle of, that instead of avoiding conflict, it, it doesn't seek it out. But because I'm living differently, because my standard is different, and yet I'm not afraid, because I understand that there are bigger things at play here. So when you're living boldly for Christ, when you're standing up for, for what you believe and understand in Him and you express His love, suddenly you begin to live more boldly. And what happens? There's pushback. There's opposition. And this is the most encouraging message you didn't want to hear because it means you are in the game. You're not just sitting on the sidelines. We've talked about this since the beginning of this, this year. You're, you're, you're playing, you're engaging, you're, you're part of it. You're making a difference. But the strange thing, the hard truth of it is, is that when you face opposition, your faith tends to strengthen. We get stronger when we go against things that way. When you're on the edge, when you're living by faith, when you're not always seeking to be comforted and comfortable, you're living by faith and not by sight. And then one day you begin to notice, I'm closer to Christ than I ever have been before. 
His word is alive in me because I'm living into it and it's living into me and, and he's guiding me daily. And suddenly you find yourself even living more boldly for Christ than ever before. And so I ask you, which cycle best represents where you are in your life right now? As you've lived out this past week, are you more comfortable avoiding any kind of trouble, kind of not really close to Jesus and pursuing comfort? Or are you living boldly? Are you facing some opposition? Are you beginning to realize, I'm closer to Christ because of my obedience? And it stirs you even more passionately. Adhere your life to the gospel message. The most encouraging message you didn't want to hear is that when you're different in the world, they will not always like you. You will be different. Chapter 4, verse 19, Peter writes, So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Keep on doing what's right and trust your lives to God who created you because he will never fail you. The, the basic principle is this. In every area of your life, in, in your family, in your finances, in your relationships, in your work life, in, in any and every area of your life, do what's right and trust God with the results. Don't cut corners. Don't take shortcuts. Don't try to do what you think will get you to the end result faster. Do what's right and trust God with the results. Do what's right in your relationships and trust God. If you have to have a hard conversation, have a hard conversation. If you have to confess something, confess it. At some point, you're going to have to stand up and say, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I can't do that. Because that wouldn't be right. And it may cost you. As a follower of Christ, you do what's right and you trust God with the results. And as long as you're suffering for doing something good, keep on doing that and trust God who will never fail you, who will never leave you, who will never stop being who He is. Keep on doing what is right. And as believers, we are different. And when we do what, we, what is right, we trust God with those results. Because if you're following Jesus, you cannot be like this world. You won't raise your kids like this world. You won't use your money like this world. You'll have different morals and values from this world. You'll have uh, different types of conversations in, from this world. You'll be different at work than this world. And you'll... you'll Yes, as you do that, people will hate you at times. They will discourage you at times. Because it's not fun, but it begins to build some boldness in us and it makes us different. But here's the thing. Persecution never weakens us. And it never weakens our faith. If we live into that understanding, it causes our roots to grow deeper. We seek God more in the things that matter. And if we're followers of Christ, we should be willing to stand for what we understand to be true. 
And as a result, we may be persecuted. I'm not talking inconvenienced. I'm talking persecuted. And if you're like most people, if life is all about you, your comfort, and what you can get, yeah, you're going to avoid the opposition, but your faith is going to be weaker. Life is empty. And so you're on this continual pursuit of something that's going not really going to matter. And I'm sad to say at one point, if that's the path that you choose, the likelihood is when we face the judgment day, Jesus says that there will be some that are going to say, well, I, I claimed you. And he's going to say, but I did not know you. We are called to more than just saying we are Christians. We're called to living it. Because there is a different way. One where we die to ourself. And Christ lives boldly through us. And as we, our faith grows stronger and we grow closer to Christ than you ever been before, and it continues to build that faith. And this is what Peter says as he's wrapping up this letter. And I love the fact that he's speaking to people that are grieving for friends and family that have been taken, that are facing opposition in lots of different ways. He says in verse 5 of chapter 5, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, I want to recognize that there's a lot of people in this world that are hurting right now. That are struggling there's a lot of pain in this world. And Peter's response to people who, whose lives are at risk was to, to say, give them to God. Cast them to Him. Why? Because He cares. He hasn't left. He's not a God that, that created us and just walked away to fend for ourselves. He cares for us. If you're living differently, if you're living boldly for Christ, you are going to face at times some spiritual opposition. It may come in the form of persecution or in, in some other way, but I want to encourage you, lean into God. Put your faith in Him because He cares for you. And then it, this is how Peter finishes his letter in verse 10. So after you've suffered for a little while, our God will restore you. He will support. He will strengthen you. And He will place you on a firm foundation. After you've suffered, God's going to restore you. That will happen. The, 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 the resurrection will happen. He will support you. He will strengthen you. And He will place you on the firm foundation that is He Himself. He will strengthen you when you're weak because His strength is is made perfect in our weakness. If you continue to do what's right and you trust in Him, if you're, you will see the faithfulness of God, He will reveal Himself over and over to you. Because He will not fail. He will not let you down. He will never leave you. 
This is who God is. He's good. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy of our honor. And that's why we don't serve the customs of this world because we do not serve the world. We do not honor the world. We honor God who has set us apart because God has called us to be different. Because He's called us to be holy as He is holy. And when you aren't, don't be surprised when people in our world do not understand. But yet we continue to do what's right. We continue to trust. God with the results and even if we suffer for a little while our God will restore us he will support and strengthen us and he will place us on a firm foundation and for that reason all praise goes to him how great thou art heavenly father There are things in this world that aren't always pleasant. As we follow you, sometimes things and people push back. Give us strength. May we dive in and closer to you than we've ever done before. May we honor you with our words. May we honor you with our attitudes. May we honor you with our lives and how we live, both while being seen and just as much when we're not seen. May we honor you, for you are worthy of praise. You are awesome and mighty, full of power, and yet, You are full of grace and mercy. We realize that one day there will be a judgment. There will be a reckoning, Lord. May we be found faithful because you are faithful. And as we go into this week, as we uh, celebrate our thankfulness for who you are and for the blessings that we have encountered And do continue to encounter in this world. May we know that you are God and we are not. And yet we live holy lives because you are holy. That you draw us closer to you each and every day. And may we lean into that. In your name we pray. Amen. God's blessings upon you. Again, when we come back on December 6th, Uh, There will be two services here in the sanctuary. We'll get you more information of what that looks like, but there'll be some time adjustments uh, to allow for that. Thank you. God bless. You're dismissed.